0: Welcome everyone to the All Things Sky Blue X space for this week. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, in case you didn't know already, we are available on X, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, as well as TikTok. Um, Stuart's doing some really good things on U- uh, TikTok at the minute with lives, um, so do go and check that out. We're also partnered with The Anecdote Sports by the CBS Arena, and uh, Wright Steel Fabrications as well. Before we get started tonight, and I introduce um, the kind of team for tonight, I do want to just address what happened yesterday. Um, and I want to move on from it, really, with with what happened. So for context, in case you didn't know already, um, there was some racist abuse aimed at Casey Palmer yesterday in the crowd at Hillsborough, which was a bit of a, a you know, a blemish on a, a really good result for us. And we just want to say, you know, it, it's sickening. And... I'm quite sad tonight that I have to come on here and I feel like as a channel we have to just reiterate what the club have said. You know, there's no room for racism. Our love goes out to Casey this weekend. You know, we know there's a difference between banter and racism and for those people that think for some reason Casey provoked people and he wasn't innocent, take a long hard look at yourself because there's no excuse for racism whatsoever and that should be clear as day. Um, you know, and actually, hats off to the club and Sheffield Wednesday for putting out a statement so so quickly afterwards. Um, it was quite upsetting for me personally with, you know, those people that are close to me will know. Uh, there's a person member of my family that's not doing too well at the minute, that's of mixed race, and it upset me quite, quite personally. Um, and we know as a fan base, we know that one person doesn't define a fan base. And for me, that person that made that gesture... Is no fan of Sheffield Wednesday, and I just hope that it gets identified very quickly. The last thing I'll say about it is hats off as well to Casey Palmer, because if he decided there and then, with a couple of minutes to go, if he made the choice to walk off the pitch, I would have clapped him, I would have backed him 100%. So hats off to him for having the bravery to continue, because it was traumatic. I can't relate to it myself, but I'm guessing in his shoes, it would have been bloody upsetting for him, so fair play to him, and hats off to him, because that shows courage, and that shows guts, and that's all I want to hear about it for tonight, anyway. On that note, I'm joined by Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Good evening.
1: Uh,
0: Hi to Glenn as well. Hi, Glenn. Good evening. And hi, Mark as well. Hi, Mark.
1: Hi, Josh. Hi, everyone, and uh, yeah, well spoken, uh, agree with everything you just said there, 100%.
0: Cheers, mate. Well, I'm going to come to you first, Mark, because I want to get Stuart's opinion on the Chief goal uh, very shortly. We had quite a healthy debate in our group chat yesterday when the team's come out. Um, it was unchanged from last weekend's game against Leicester. I think the only difference was Victor Torp, our new signing, came in on the bench. Me and Danny had a quite a, a healthy uh, debate regarding Matty Godden, and we thought that maybe Ellis Sims could be, you know, feeling hard done by what were your thoughts
1: when you saw the team? Was would you have started Godden? Yeah, I would have done. Um I thought he did quite well against Leicester last game. I suppose the only difference you could say between um yesterday and Leicester was the pitch was was very poor, so you may have an argument that he could have gone a bit more direct um with with Alice Sims up front. And I would had no qualms with that at all. But uh I thought I thought Matty Godden's performance against Leicester was very very good, and um, I didn't think there was anything he did wrong, which would warrant him not playing yesterday. In my opinion, I thought I, I, I was happy enough with the start eleven for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a, a right or wrong answer as such. You know, I think it depends what you want from your strikers. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that, Mark. Stuart. Moving on to our first goal, I think it's fair to say first half we were in control. You were there in the away stand. I am quite jealous. Just talk us through that sheath goal. What did you see and, you know, what did you make of it?
2: Yeah, he, um, he, had, he had a glimpse before of doing the same thing, but it didn't quite um, work. So, you know, as, as, we, as we've seen, you know, when players try one thing, you need to try and learn from that. And Sheffield Wednesday didn't learn uh, from what he was trying to do. Uh, and then you see Eccles, uh, obviously collect the ball, and he passed it into um, Sheaf, and he just he just turned on his sixpence and sent Bannon absolutely skidding. And then the shot came in, and obviously it was over my side as well. And he he just bent it absolutely lovely, and you can see where it was going. It was only going one place, uh, and before it probably even rippled the back of the net, everybody. Was shouting uh, that it had gone in, and it was just a brilliant moment for Sheaf. You know his, you know when he first took the captaincy. You know I was I was a little bit critical of him, uh, and I think I thought that it might have been a little bit of a too big a job for him to do both. But he's just every game is just growing into that captaincy, and you can see why. Uh, he's a leader on the pitch, and he uh, he leads by example, and you know scoring two goals. Uh, which he hasn't done, I think, since uh, a Birmingham game, maybe last season, I think, or the season before. Uh, but yeah, he, were, he he played brilliantly. For me, man of the match. He was absolutely. He lived up to his song. He was here and he was there, uh, and he was absolutely everywhere. Uh, and he was uh, he was yeah he was brilliant. Uh, the thing that surprised me the most uh, about the game really was the Chef Wednesday fans. They were quiet. I wasn't ex. I was expecting a little bit of atmosphere, especially because of how good they've been at home. But they were mute, man. They were really, really quiet. I was very surprised. All I could hear was us singing as normal, anyway. But I thought there would be a little bit of back and forth. But absolutely nothing from uh, from their fans. It, they were really quiet. And then when they scored, they sang for ten minutes, and that was it. Um, you know, it was it was strange. It was a strange atmosphere. Considering that they've been quite good at home, I was just expecting more from them and they were really quiet.
0: Yeah, you know, for a cup final, that's quite surprising, really. Um, Glenn, um, second half. Obviously, at half-time, it's 1-0 to us. Second half, relatively quickly. Sheaf um, scores again to make it a brace for him. Are you quite happy to see him adding goals to his game now? Because that was something that he said last season he wanted to sort of add.
3: Yeah, I think that's the main critique of him if you were looking at him and you were going to say, what does he need to make the step up to be a Premier League midfielder? Is add goals to his game, really. And the first goal, he's tried a similar move lots of times this season and he's not got the space to do it. I think you've also got to give Eccles a credit for the pass. I thought the passing to him was really good. It's so easy in that position to overhit it. Um, and fizz it into him, and he wouldn't have been able to control it. But, yeah, it was it was great watching Barry Bannon sliding like Castanier was. Yeah, he was, um, yeah, he was just, see you later, mate. And, yeah, it was a great move by Sheaf. I think he started it, broke, and that's where he went. I actually thought Matty Godwin had scored. I was surprised it was Sheaf scoring there. But, yeah, he, he's come on leaps and bounds. I think he almost had the perfect game. I think he made one mistake where he gave the ball away where they nearly got through. Um, and that was about it. Uh, but he's, he's definitely stepped up and since Hamer's gone, he's he's firmly out of Hamer's shadow. And I think he'll be playing in the Premier League. It's a case of when rather than if he's going to play at the Premier League. And I could see him going to a West Ham and, and fitting in really well there, because I think he's got everything you need in a, in a midfielder at the moment. 100%
1: uh, Mark. Well, hopefully he'll be playing the Premier League with us, not in West Ham. That's, that's that's the hope really. But uh I mean four he's actually scored now four goals this season. That's it's that's his high, highest goal rate, right? um, highest goal scored this in his time with the club. I think last season he scored three goals and the season before that he scored one goal. So that's I think you're right, it's definitely something he needs to add to his game. Um, the first goal was world class as a Premier League finish to me. It was it was the skill to um, you know beat Bannon as, as you say, Glen did a cast in the air was absolutely nowhere. Uh, the finish was out of this world. I mean that was uh, you know Ronaldo or Messi type of finish. You know the Sky Sports be waxing lyrical for you know all day long kind of thing. It, it was a world class finish. Um, what I like about the second goal okay you, you know it's you could look at it say it's a scrappy goal, but what's what we need more from our team is is getting more bodies in the box, and that's been the crits in the past and what I like about the goal is that he was in the right place at the right time he put the he took he took the chance Sakamoto again a good hard low shot, keeper spills it and um and 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 Sheafi was there to stick it in and that's that's what you want you want you want people bodies in the box any loose balls, you put it away. You know, you've got to be ruthless. And that was great to see. And, um, I mean, if you listen to Mark Robbins' interview uh, on CWR, he likened him to Brian Robson. And for those who remember Brian Robson, he, what, what a player he was. So, it's a, it's a really good compliment by Mark Robbins. But, you know, I don't want to keep saying, oh, this player will be in the Premier League soon. He's going to, you know, he could end up at West Ham. I want him to play for Coventry seat in the Premier League because why can't we not? Why can't we not believe that we can get promoted this season? Because looking at the way we're performing now, we're ten unbeaten on all competitions. We've, we've, you know, we're playing with confidence. We're playing with freedom. It's a really, really good group of players, and I, I, we've got, we've got to go for it this season because, you know, we're playing with so much confidence. Everyone knows their role. It's, it's, a, it's just, it's, a, it's a joy to watch. It's great to see. Yeah, and on that
0: note as well, Mark, how refreshing is it? for opposition fans, like Sheffield Wednesday, to say that we're quite streetwise now. You know, certainly in my lifetime, I feel like we've been a bit soft. We've not had that, maybe, you know, Michael Doyle aside, we've not had that, you know, the nitty-gritty side of us, you know, come to fruition. So it's quite nice to have those, you know, Liam Kitchens, Bobby Thomases of the world that want to get in and scrap almost. Um, It's quite nice to see. Stuart, coming back to you, we did concede, I think it was the 68th minute, um, Josh Windass, someone we highlighted last week as a potential threat, um, I think that might be four games now in the league without a clean sheet for Brad Collins. Is that a slight concern for you?
2: Uh, no, not really, because uh, if you look at his um, first save that he did before Windass scored, he made a brilliant save, and it was just the fact that it was going through bodies. He didn't, he, he could have, he may have got up a little bit quicker, maybe. Uh, but when it's coming through bodies and coming through that close to you, it's always a little bit hard. Um, I, I think the clean sheets will come. I think at the moment we're just we're just going through that little bit of a patch um, where you know teams are scoring scrappier goals against us, really, because it wasn't a, it wasn't a nice finish. Um, you know, like I said, Collins had saved it. It come back out to him, and he, he lashed it into the net through bodies. So. I don't think it's any concern because we're still winning. Look, if we, if we win every game 2-1, 3-1, one, one, you know, it would be nice to keep a clean sheet. But as long as you're winning games, you know, the, the, the clean sheets are, you know, always nice, but it's not the important thing. It's about winning the game. So, it's not a concern uh, because, like I said, I think the uh, clean sheets will come.
0: Yeah, for sure. Glenn, before we go to Scott, uh, I think it's our first guest. Was, in your opinion, was 2-1 a fair reflection of the game?
3: Um, Yeah, I don't think it was a great game. I think the pitch didn't help. The pitch was atrocious. I thought the ref kind of made it an ugly game. I think there was nine yellow cards. I think there was one bad tackle, the one where he crunched Sakamoto, I think the left back. I don't think it was a particularly dirty game, but unfortunately it seemed to just have a bit of an edge to it and, and got a bit spicy and unnecessary aggro and with it. So, yeah, I think Sheffield Wednesday threw the kitchen sink at us at 2-0 down, which they're going to do. Um And they caused us a few problems, but I wouldn't say Collins was having loads and loads of saves to make. I thought Kitchen and Thomas did the ugly stuff really well, did a lot like Faz does, just stick your head on it and get it clear. And, yeah, I, I thought we, we saw the game out, pretty much street-wise. I think mean, the only daft thing we did was that free kick that Sakamoto gave right at the end where they sent the keeper up. But I thought we relatively controlled the game pretty well and we made the subs. Maybe we could have made the subs earlier, but I thought the subs worked. And yeah, I don't think we were great, but we won. And that's the positive. I don't think Sakamoto had his best game. Gordon did a lot of running, and but didn't really get many chances. Um, but, but yes, yeah, Chief stood up. I don't think O'Hare had his best game. And I think Palmer. Palmer did well, but the, maybe the end product wasn't there. Um, but, yeah it, 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 the positive is you've got Hadji you Wright to come back in. We've got Tork to come in. And who knows? Maybe we've got another few other signings in it. And, yeah, it'll be a tough game on Friday. I think we need to freshen it up because that pitch, it looked like it took, it took its toll on us. And, therefore, fresh legs kind of helped them.
0: Well, we will preview uh, Friday's game um, in the second half of the show. Um, Stuart and Mark have done a little bit of a preview on YouTube, Uh, looking forward to to that already, Um, so do check that out.
4: Scott, you okay, mate? Hello, Josh. Hello, everyone. How are you all doing? All good, mate. Uh, Good three points on the road. Yes, absolutely. Um, I watched it uh, on iFollow and I thought we controlled the game from start to finish, really, Uh, Sheffield Wednesday didn't have much up front, to be honest. Um, and I thought the ref was pretty poor as well, to be honest. He, he made some daft decisions, uh, especially for Sheffield Wednesday. But can't complain. I mean, the end of the day, Ben Sheaf scored a screamer and scored a tapping. So, you know, we uh, come away with three points, unbeaten in ten now. Uh, and that's unheard of. Um, and I reckon we I know we're going to have a sticky patch uh, coming towards the end of the season because uh, we always, you know, have a sticky patch against teams around us. But I reckon we've got enough to hopefully stay in stay in the fight for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, looking at the table briefly, I think
0: we're two point two points. I think behind West Brom, eleven behind Leeds in fourth. Scott, in your opinion, how far, how high up the table do you think we can go this season?
4: Uh, that's a good question, Josh. But I reckon we will finish on higher points than we did last season. Because um, I think we got a a much better, stronger squad this season than last season. Because we haven't, you know, got a load of loans in. Which is a big, uh, what's the word? I really forgot the word now. Bonus. Yeah, a big bonus, yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, um, and we've actually spent some money, which we needed to do, uh, especially on the, the infrastructure, which what Rod- Doug King's actually uh, done, which is great. Um, but yeah, I reckon we could finish on 80 points this year. I'd love it. Uh, before I get everyone's man of the match um,
0: votes, I guess, Stuart, I think Robins made the right choice, didn't he, in not bringing Victor Torpom. We don't know if he was going to come on anyway, but you wouldn't put him... On in that scenario would you uh await Wednesday
2: no no definitely not there they was uh, look if it started the game then you know that that's that's different is in the flow of uh, in the flow of things but when you've come first come to the championship and you haven't experienced you don't really want to be thrown in especially with a pitch like that as well the pitch was horrific um and you know you you just you just want to wouldn't want to risk him being his first game. You know, you want a little bit of a nicer pitch. Um, you know, I said that he might start in the cup. Uh, and if he's starting, then that's fine. But again, I wouldn't necessarily throw him in um, onto that pitch. It is going to be a different game, um, especially because we have got Bristol City, you know, what, four or five days later on the Tuesday at home. Um, and And that might be the game for him to maybe start or at least come on. Uh, But he's got to get, you know, get used to the throws of the uh, of the championship. So I think it was the right call. I wouldn't have seen him wanting to see him come on with uh, with them tackles um, flying in and stuff uh, when he hasn't really got himself set. So, yeah, I think he made the right call.
0: Yeah. And again, this is the beauty of having a, a strong squad and a big squad. You know, we don't need to force these players in. If they're not ready, they're not ready. It's probably not too dissimilar from when her hair was coming back. We didn't brush him back. We took our time, and I think we're reaping the, the rewards now. So that's that's a real bonus as well. Whilst I'm with you, Stuart, who would be your man of the match uh, from yesterday's game?
2: Oh, she for that shadow of a doubt. Uh, like I said at the start of the uh, uh, program, you know, it's uh, he was he was definitely living up to his song name. He was he was brilliant. He really was good, and like I said, he's stepping up into that captaincy role. Uh, and leading from example uh, and that's what you want out of your captain so yeah it would be sheep for me but thomas was good uh kitchen was good as well uh bidwell you know he's you know he's always solid um kc tats uh, didn't have their best games i thought you know first half especially um it was the final ball or the you know uh, the final the final thing whether it be a pass or a shot it, it just wasn't clicking for us uh, in the first half, really, obviously, until Sheaf um, uh, scored the goal. And then we got a little bit better. Second half, we were we were much better and we dominated. I know they scored, but we uh, we dominated more of the uh, second half. Uh, Glenn, for you, man
0: of the match?
3: Um, I think you, you struggled not to say Sheaf, but I, I thought Eccles was really good. And he looked like he's growing in confidence. He tried a couple of passes that nearly came off. I think it was just the pitch. He maybe just bobbled as he tried to play a few through balls. He wasn't far off. I mean, I, I like the fact that he's trying to play a bit more forward. Um, I was listening to, um I can't remember, it was one of the Premier League games. Um, oh, no, it was the Leeds-Preston game and the one about players playing it safe. And I think that, of course, falls into the trap of playing it safe. And I'd just like him maybe just to be a bit braver on the ball. And I started seeing the signs of that. Um, yesterday he was trying to stick Godden through. And if you've got Eccles, Sheaf, Sakamoto, O'Hare, and Palmer who can all stick stick a player in like a Godden or a Sims or a Wright, that's very hard to stop and that's where we're so good at the moment. You can stop one or two of our players. I think there was a time that Sakamoto had three on him, but I don't think you can stop us all as a whole, um as a whole unit. One of one of the players is gonna get you and cause cause your problems
0: let's just remember as well, Eccles is 23 years old. You know, he's nowhere near his prime yet. So the fact he's this good at this age is, is outstanding, really. Uh, Mark, you're man of the match.
1: From what I saw, I'd probably go Ben Chief as well. Um, probably best game for the club. And the goals he scored, were, obviously, were instrumental in our win. And uh, not just the goals, but the way he took the goals as well, was particularly the first goal, was just sublime. And, yeah, he's 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 becoming a really, really important player for our team. But also Eccles, I thought had a really good game. Uh provided assists obviously for the first goal. And yeah, I think I mean look, the performance wasn't the best, but you know what? It doesn't matter really. It's about getting three points. You're not gonna perform brilliantly every game. Um it'd be brilliant if you could, but if we can get if you can you know, go to a place like Sheffield Wednesday like we have and, 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 and dig out a win that's what that's what it's about. It's about getting three points and, um, you know, getting out of there. So, yeah, very, a lot of positives for me.
3: Go on, Glenn. I was just going to say, Leicester didn't win at Sheffield Wednesday. Hull lost at Sheffield Wednesday. It took Southampton a late goal to beat them. So, that isn't an easy place to go and get results at. And it's not been a happy hunting ground for us in the past. Um, so, yeah, that was a real big win win for us because I think most of us thought the coff city of old would cove it up and not win there yesterday and I think we've, we've made a bit of a statement and yeah it's 10 unbeaten now so yeah well, I'm really positive about it.
1: Uh, sorry just just quickly I mean that's our fifth win on the road as well not to forget I mean we at the start of the season we'd lost six fairly quickly and it took us until QPR to get that first win and now we've, we've picked up Five wins on the road now, and, that, and that's another positive sign because it kind of takes the pressure off the home form as well. Because we've done really well at home this season. We've lost one game. We've had six wins at home. We've had a lot of draws, obviously, and that's well documented. But it's really important to go to, to win away from home, not just be happy for point, but actually get three points because you know it just takes the pressure off your next game, and that, that's that's fairly obvious to say. And, But also the fact that I look at the league table, I know you just talked about teams above us, but you look below us, there's only six points between us and 14th spot. And I think we'll keep putting things into perspective a bit. There's still a lot of work to do yet to get to where we want to be, which is probably the playoffs more than likely, because we're not going to get top two. We're unlikely to get further fourth. So we're really playing for two spots and we've got to keep keep doing what we're doing, picking up wins, 10 unbeaten is really good. But there's a lot of work to do yet. You know, there's a lot of, you know, we've got Bristol City to come, Norwich to come, and they're two sides that are kind of around us in the mix. So, you know, there's still work to do. But, you know, we've had you right coming back. I think there's lots of positives. Um, and we've just got to keep it up, really. And, you know, even the cup game, I know it's a cup game, but, you know, winning gives you more confidence. It gives you that belief that every game you play, you know, you feel like you're going to win. So I don't think we should go into the cup match with the belief of, If we lose, it doesn't matter. It it should matter because, you know, every game is is important. And, um, you know, I hope that, you know, we we get that result on on, on Friday night.
0: Yeah, and let's get it right as well. Make no mistake about it. Without the tremendous backing that we give the players week in, week out, home and away, I really doubt that we'd be doing as well as we, we are at the minute. So fair play to everyone that's bought a ticket, both home and away this season. Loads of you, I know, that follow us, travel every single away game. Hats off to you, because it's absolutely outstanding. And you've got a lot of... You could should take a lot of the credit for, for our results, I think, because you, you make a massive difference. Uh, finally, Scott, who would your man of the match be from yesterday?
4: Well, it's quite obvious she had the best game of his career so far for us. But uh, i got to say, Thomas played really well. I mean, everyone played well, but Thomas, for me, I thought... You know, he, he, uh, he made a, a good block for when they, they were through uh, in the first half, I think it was, um, which we needed. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Chief ran his socks off, cut everything out, you know, did his job correctly. And I think now, since Hamer's gone, he, he's just been phenomenal. Um, and I wouldn't, wouldn't, I don't want to say this, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone's sniffing around for him in the uh, in the summer
0: oh god don't say that <laughs> i'm only just getting over here <laughs> um, at the halfway point i just remind you, you can follow us on here at x um, as well as facebook instagram youtube and tiktok with youtube and tiktok stuart do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you do on those platforms
2: yeah um people that do know obviously we do work uh, we do previews uh against uh our next opponents uh we have got some mental health uh videos on there as well uh and then old players ex-players as well which are always good tiktok live's going really really well uh the response has been really good uh with people joining that uh try and go on every other day uh and obviously in my opinion as well is going really really well we are up to uh 324 we would like to get to 350 uh so if you don't already please go and like and subscribe it is free to do so uh and there are some really good content on there as well so yeah thank you for everybody's support um with regards to everything that we do uh it is much appreciated so uh it's it's for you guys really. So if you guys are appreciating it, then uh, then we do as well. So thank you very much.
0: Well, I just wonder, Stuart, if we can get to maybe three thirty by the end of today. In the next half an hour or so, that'd be. Uh,
2: that would be amazing. That'd that be, would be amazing.
0: And don't forget as well, if you like me, I don't want to listen to podcasts. I want to watch it. So YouTube, uh, All Things Sky is a place for you. Go on, Glenn.
3: I was just going to say how oh, well the recent podcasts have been doing. Uh, we're in the top 50 of the Apple Podcasts um, chart. So that's the highest we've ever been. and We're now officially the number one Cov City podcast on Apple. And yeah, we've had our most listened to pods um, with over 200 people plus listening to the last few shows. So that's really good and really the feedback we're getting is um, really positive and we're happy that we seem to grow and grow and grow, and yeah, the hard work we've all put in is, is paying off. And yeah, it's really good to see that everyone likes the content we're putting out.
0: 100%. And the fact that we've got this far in two years, we've managed to get to that top position is a credit to everyone. Not just, you know, the, you know Stuart, Danny, Glenn and Mark, but also everyone that listens. It's, it's much appreciated, and we're hoping that this year will lead to bigger and better things. So, if we're having a little look at the league table at the minute, before we go on to Shepherd Wednesday on Friday, as I said before to Scott, we are sixth in the league, 43 points, um, 18 games to go. Stuart, you've said since the word go that we'd be a top eight side this season. How, Like I said to Scott, how high do you think we can get up that table?
2: Um, look, I think the top, I would like to say second, um and the points total are still there for us to do it don't think we will uh, I don't think we'll uh, we'll get that lucky but um the top four seem to be cemented, but there's no reason we just don't aim for as high as we possibly can uh with the way that we're playing at the moment um there's there's no reason at all why we you know we can't get we're, we're five points away from uh, West Brom they are only six points away from the next. You know, so it's it's completely doable. We just have to keep doing what we're doing and, and let the other results take care of itself. You know, we had a good results day at the weekend, didn't we? Most teams uh drew, West Brom lost. Um, you know, and it's it's put us in a really, really good good position. So all we can do is just keep pushing and just you know I, I think we'll finish fifth in all honesty. Uh, that's where I, I think we'll we'll equal where we uh, we finished last season, probably on more points but I still think we uh, we still finish fifth.
0: Well, like I mentioned, uh, going to you, Mark, there is a 11-point t- uh, gap, I think, between us and Leeds. So you got West Brom in fifth, us sixth, Hall seventh, then Norwich, Watford, Sintland, <laughs> Middlesbrough. Which of those teams do you think could be challenging us come the forty-six game, Mark?
1: Uh, I'll say Norwich, uh, Hull City. Um, from what I'm seeing. Um, just trying to think what else. I don't possibly Bristol City. I know they've strengthened, they've got Scott Twine in and he looks at a half-decent player and obviously that's a player I wouldn't mind seeing at our club, but um, they could be there or thereabouts. Um, I think it'd be pretty tight. I, don't, I think some of them will fall away. I don't think they're going to... They're a bit inconsistent and the league table tells you that. They've, they've They've almost won as and lost as many games as each other. So I don't see Sunderland really changing the playoffs. I'm not worried about them. After seeing them against Hull and the, and the two the games we've played them, I think they're, they'll are they be a mid-table side. So I'm not worried about them. I think the team I'm more worried about is Norwich. I think, obviously, we've got them fairly soon. And I would be very happy to go there and get a point at, at Norwich uh, because I think they're a good side. And that that will be a very very difficult game. I think that's you know we've got to, we, if you look at our fixtures, we've still got to play a lot of sides around us. And just just as, as I was saying earlier, the bigger picture is, is that it's still only six points that separates us from say 14th position. So there's still a lot of work to do. But um, I think if I identified two sides that could you know nick our place potentially, I would say Hull City and Norwich, and we've still got to play them. So you know, all good, all to play for, but the way we're playing at the moment, I don't you know, particularly when you've beaten top of the league recently, we should go to every game confident. So I'm not I'm not worried, but obviously there's there's a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I've mentioned it already, but Stuart often always says, you know, win your home games, draw your away games. For you, Glenn, you know, I'm looking at some of our fixtures coming up. We go away to Plymouth, we go away to Stoke. Um, at what point do you think that we need to start going to these teams and winning? I know we're doing it now at the minute, but do you think those are games that we need to go and win, or do you think draws are still acceptable at this stage?
5: I think you
3: have just got to keep getting results and keep the run going. Um, I look at it with Southampton; they're on a ridiculous run of form. They're going to come unstuck soon. I wouldn't. I think they've probably peaked too early. I think um, we. So I think we've got ten games till the net, till the international break. If we go at like one and a half points, two points average a game, we're gonna be near enough around the sixty point mark, with eight games left to go. So you look at that, 70, 70 odd points gets you in the playoffs, you're probably gonna to have to win four, four, five out of the last eight games. So the more games we can get on the more wins we can get under the belt, the better. I would be very confident if we go to Norwich and win. That we're in with a real good crack of doing something because I think that's one of our hoodoo grounds and that's kind of the acid test. I think Norwich are Norwich and West Brom. I think if we go there, and we can get positive results against both of them. I, I think we are the real deal and we're the team that no one ain't no one ain't going to want to play in the in the playoffs. And I look at Leeds today. I think they made hard work of it against Preston, West Brom are very poor away from home. Norwich, are poor away from home. Sunderland, are average away from home. Hull, are very hit and miss. They're up and down. They, they can't keep, I think, Saturday... Um, I think Friday night was the first clean sheet they've kept in ages. So, a lot of it is depends on transfers. If you offered me now, shut the, shut the transfer window. We know we've got our hair till the summer. We know we've got sheath. We know we ain't got. We ain't going to lose anyone else. I'd take it without any additional additional recruits. My worry is that someone's going to come in and we're going to lose somebody and then, or we get a few injuries. That just still worries me. I do think we just need a little bit extra in in the squad, but I'm not overly convinced by Norwich. I think they're just a car crash waiting to happen. I don't think they're very popular.
1: Mark. Yeah, sorry. I thought the other thing I forgot to mention was Watford. Actually, I don't know what your thoughts are on Watford because I think they're a sort of side that um, a little bit similar to ourselves of drawn a lot of games, but I think they're another side that I think we've got to keep an eye on it. And obviously, when we played them earlier this season, obviously we drew three three, and you know they're pretty they're pretty dangerous going forward and. I think they're another team. I think we have to watch out for. I think, and obviously we've got to play them in March. So, I think for us, if we can get to, as you say, seventy odd points. I mean, that's what ten wins away. is seventy. is seventy three points, and then you've got you got you know you've got to think ten games from what eighteen left. I think we can get ten wins from eighteen. I really do. I think I think April is, is going to be the toughest month. But obviously, we don't want to talk about April just yet. We want to win the games that before that. But um yeah, I think I think it's definitely achievable. I think ten wins from 18 is definitely doable. I think we've got the players to do it and um yeah, we've just got to keep it keep it going really.
0: And I mean how refreshing is it to be talking like this, you know, two, three, four months ago, it was all kind of doom and gloom. I know a lot of us were were positive, but I think a lot of us were also negative. Um so it's just nice to be able to talk like this and, and be optimistic for once. Uh, I noticed was why we're joined by Ellis. Hi, Ellis. You alright? Yes, mate, are you? Yeah, not bad. What did you make of the game yesterday? Good win?
5: Yeah, I was alright. Sheaf is amazing. He is? Um, absolute. Scored a cracker.
0: Absolute. Was he your man of the match, Ellis?
5: Yeah. Yeah, probably. And when, you know, every time. You could tell every time Tat's got the ball down the right, you could tell they've tripled on him. That was about three players. Literally, as soon as you got that ball, three players just straight on him.
0: Wicked. Yeah, I fully agree. Who was your man of the match? Sheaf. Yeah. He's cracking, isn't he? Great player.
5: Also, Um... you know, if Sheaf has a bad game, I think it reflects the whole team as well because everything goes through Sheaf. Everything runs for him
0: percent, And I think like Stuart said, you might have missed it, Ellis. You know, since he's got that captaincy, he's been a level above. Um, yeah. Which is great to see. We spoke already, Ellis, about the starting lineup. We said that there was a bit of, you know, debate about Godden starting over Sims. What did you make of it when you saw the team?
5: I mean, I thought he was going to start Godden. From what I've seen, he's got better work rate. But... On a good day I'd put Sims, but I'm not sure.
0: It's a close one, isn't it? Uh, Stuart, any questions for Ellis?
2: Where did you sit in the end, Ellis? Because Ellis actually went with his uh, with his dad. Uh, oh, and wow. they were trying they were trying to find a seat, so I'm wondering where you finished where you ended
5: up. Yeah, um he yeah, he did, he didn't he did not want to be in front of that pole. But yeah, um we went because we, we got like family up there, so we went up to the like top on the other, sa- other, other side.
2: Oh, okay, fair enough. So you didn't really have any poles in front of you then. No. That was good.
5: Yeah. Where did you sit? Uh,
2: where pretty much? Can you remember where my mate was?
5: Oh yeah.
2: That's that's where we sat. So we had a little bit of a pole in front of us, but it was uh, it weren't too bad to be fair. Yeah.
0: Great stuff. Moving on to Friday, then we do play Hill uh, Shepherd Wednesday again in the cup on Friday night. I was quite surprised. I've mentioned it before about how strong we went against Oxford. I think fair play to Robbins for that, um, because like I say, I thought we were going to play a bit of a weakened side, maybe some youngsters in there, but he he kind of went organs blazing. Um, for you, Mark, are you expecting the same again? Uh, almost a full strength team against Shepherd Wednesday.
1: Uh. No, not really. I think it'll be. I think there'll be changes for this game. Bearing in mind, you've got Bristol City on Tuesday, so I would expect Ben Wilson to start for this one. Uh, I think Jader Silva will get minutes. I think Lati Baudier will get minutes. I think when I say minutes, I mean starting. Um, I expect Ellis Sims to start for this game as well. Jamie Allen may start in place of records or Sheaf. Um, so, they're probably the changes I would see. I think I think some of the side that that features on on Saturday will start, but uh, I, I would expect to see quite a few changes. But it's still still with that in mind, it's still it's still be a good side. Uh, it's not it's you know I still think it's a team that is still good enough to get a result of Sheffield Wednesday. And I said before, I know we still, we touched on the fact last week of the league's more important to get the three points. It's more important to get the three points than, than progressing the cup. But as I said earlier. Winning breeds confidence. So it'll be nice to progress in the FA Cup and get hopefully if, if we if we were to progress to get a Premier League side in the next round. Um so I think he'll make changes, but I still think he'll be a good side and I think it'll be a team that will be um, good enough, in my opinion, to get a result again against Sheffield Wednesday for the third time to- for the what's it the third time now? I'm losing count number of games we're playing Sheffield Wednesday now, so
0: <laughs> I think it would be the third win against them this season. Um and even in the last, I think, month or so. Uh, Glenn, for you, Mark spoke there about changes. Would someone like Fabio Tavares feature for you?
3: No, I think Sakamoto needs a rest. I think he looked a bit leggy and he's played a lot of football. And yeah, I'd be tempted to um, pull him out and, and just give him a bit of a break. Just to, You've always got the option of bringing him off the bench. Uh, I think Binks may well come in. Um, I think Milan probably could do with a rest as well. I would maybe give Sheath a rest and bring Gallon in. I, I don't, There's a risk, obviously, make wholesale changes, but I think we need to get minutes under people's belts because we've got a busy schedule coming up. And I'd rather they got minutes on Friday and run the risk of losing, so at least they are match up when they come in and play for us. Um, so, yeah, the, the, only po- the other positive is, obviously, the under-18s won. On Wednesday, again, in the FA Youth Cup against Barnsley 4-2. Looks like there's a couple of good lads in there. Um, Dow scored again. Um, and Kai Andrew scored. So, maybe they might get a place on the bench if Robbins chooses to give a few people the night off. I would be tempted to give Palmer the night off. I, I, I know we, we've we had a little chat about it and it's kind of like letting them win. I just wonder, is it for his own... He probably could do with a rest. He's played 90 minutes on Saturday. He's just picked a couple of daft yellow cards up in the last few weeks, um, which are just silly ones. And I think he's on six now. I just don't want him getting another silly yellow and then he's three away from a ban. Um, and, but then the problem is, who do you play wide left then? We're kind of limited on those options. But yeah, I think we we just freshen it up and... I'm sure Sheffield Wednesday will freshen it up because they've got a massive game against Watford on the Wednesday. So, I can't see them going full strength.
0: Victor Torp, Stu. Has he got a place in the starting line-up on Friday? And if so, who does he uh, come in for? Yeah, I...
2: Victor's a tough one because, obviously, I... You know, Mark Robbins has said that he's had five weeks off and that he's not, you know, he's not quite match ready and fitness. I, I think he's probably a little bit further along than than what he's making out because he always plays things down anyway, doesn't he, Mark? Um, well, it's a difficult one because obviously you don't want to throw him into it. Like I said, the pitch was awful, uh, but you don't want to throw him into the, uh, the Lions' den, so to speak, really, too early um he might start I, you know i always pit i always put him down to start anyway probably for sheaf uh and maybe play sheaf and allen uh in the center or he might even carry on playing eccles in the center um just to give him you know a little bit of help in that central midfield and just to you know ease him along a little bit maybe um Look, I think Chef Wednesday are gonna are probably gonna have a, a slot probably a week inside. So, like Glenn just said, uh, just because you know they're they're fighting for all the points they can do just to stay in the league. Um, you know it's a different it's different for us, isn't it? Really. Um, but look, it's it's hard. I, I would probably start him uh, if he's as long as he is fit enough. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he actually does go with. I still think he starts Sakamoto.
3: Glenn. I was just gonna say the only thing with Torp is the under twenty-three under, under the under twenty-threes have a game tomorrow night at Coville. Uh, sorry, it's a It's three G pitch, so maybe they give Torp forty-five minutes there. Um and then they can always hook him at half time if needs be. Um and he'd still be relatively able to give to play some part on Friday and just see how he goes there. Um, So, yeah, I imagine they may well play Tavares in it as well. So, yeah, that might mean Tavares in in a definite to start on Friday.
0: Yeah, and again, the beauty of it is we're not in a position these days to force players in. We could take our time, give them weeks, months, whatever it may be, and bring them in when we're ready. That's quite a, a positive at the minute. Um. Scott, for you. Anyone else that you bring in that's not been mentioned? I don't think I've heard the Silver's name. Is that someone that you you bring in?
4: Yeah, because I've seen you know uh, at heart in the set, especially second half, I've seen Robbins change it up a bit and play Bidwell at left back, and then De Silver as an right left mid attacking. Uh, so we could do that probably to help uh, Bidwell out. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Bidwell needs a rest. I think Binks. Uh, We'll start with uh, McFazdine at centre-back. Give Thomas a rest. Um, Probably play Latabodier either in the centre or right-back. Play Eccles and Allen in the middle. Play Sims up top. Uh, Tavares, O'Hare and, well, if you want to play De Silva, play him at left mid. Because uh, he is quite an attacking player, so and he's quite tricky, so I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, De Silva at left mid. To be honest, I can see that Ellis has got his hands up.
5: Yeah, I think, I think for the cup, I think it'll be a whole different team to what he played on Saturday. I think Wilson will start. De Silva on the left. Fads and Binks. Eccles, Alan, Latabier. He'll probably give Tats a rest and then play Sims. Maybe keep Palmer on, though we don't want to risk a lot of yellow cards, but yeah.
0: What about someone like Kelly Ellis? Do you think he could feature?
5: <laughs> I mean we're I mean I would rather have Latabier. Kelly hasn't played in ages. But yeah,
3: I don't know. Yes, yeah, an interesting one. Uh, Glenn, did you have your hand up? Yeah, I was literally going to say what Ellis um, just said, and you said about is there an argument to give Fads and Kelly a run out just to get them get them minutes, um, just because we don't know when we're gonna we're gonna need them on it. So yeah, that was that was my overthought. Um, Obviously, just about transfers. Um, today, obviously, Owen Beck came on for Liverpool, so that means he can't sign ever anyone else on loan because he's played for two clubs in the calendar year already. So that one's kind of died to death. And I just wondered what you guys thought were on the Argentinian lad that um, Alan Nixon said we we're after. Um, so it seems a very interesting one that we're going to drop a lot of money on, apparently.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know. I've never heard of him, if I'm being brutally honest. But I, what I would say is that I think we do need a winger, uh, preferably two-footed. The, the fees that Nixon was coming out with, I think it was £6.5 million with add-ons or something like that, I think is, is believable, to be honest, but it's quite surprising. Um, but I think it's testament to our scouting network, you know, five, six years ago, we'd never have dreamt of scouting players from South America or wherever he is. So, I think it's a testament to the the scouting team. Um, It's believable, don't get me wrong, but I think when you're losing out on players to Benfica, that says a lot about where you are as a club. Um, So, yeah, I was quite surprised by it, to be fair. Uh, Stu, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, you're saying it's believable. I'm just, I'm not sure. Not when you, you know... One of your best midfielders is still because if you're paying that sort of money, they're going to want big wages. And when you've got O'Hare's wages to sort out first, and if they're not willing to give him, you know, maybe five six k more, you know, it's I I just I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about him uh, really. Uh, and I'd rather I'd rather give the money to O'Hare and make sure that we keep O'Hare. To be fair.
0: If I reverse the question, Stuart, is a winger on your list of transfers needed this window?
2: Um, yeah, probably. Um, they don't have to be two-footed necessarily because I think we've already got that in Sakamoto. Um, he can play on the left or right. So it just depends on, I suppose, what's available uh, at the time because you can always switch um Tats over to the other side if need be. Uh, But yeah, probably. And maybe another midfielder. You know, I I know what obviously Ayari didn't, you know, do much really and has been sent back. Um, But we lost. We still needed to replace uh, Hamer. And now Ayari's gone back. We need to replace him. So if you want, Torp came in to replace Ayari. So we still need to replace payment in terms of the amount of people that you you know you're bringing in and taking out. So uh, yeah, probably a winger and another central midfielder, and then I would be quite happy to be fair. I can
0: see that uh, Scott's chomping at the bit to come in.
4: Yeah, um, when you look at <laughs> when you look at last season, we had five loans, and now this season we've got one loan. And you know, since Doug King's come in. Yeah, you know, he spent a bit of money. Yes, I know we sold Yocarez and Hamer um, for you know thirty-five million, but we've got you know. But it's it is unbelievable that we're paying like big money for players because you know if we if if I know if we still had Caesar in charge, that'd never happen. We'd be getting loans back in again, um, and you know it's and and correct me if I'm wrong. We have got. Some more money coming in from when we played in the playoff final, didn't we? I'm not. Yeah, I think that might be the case. To be fair, Scott
0: Ellis.
5: Uh, I've got a question for both of you as well. Um, what do you think O'Hare would do? I mean, I think he'll obviously wait till the end of the season, like Hamer did, and see the highest bidder. But just got a question.
0: Really good question, Ellis. I think what I'd say to that is, based on what Robbins has said, we know that Robbins has is, is got the ultimate poker face. He doesn't give anything away. But I think he said last week, didn't he, that um, O'Hare might be exploring his options. So I think he... I'm just speculating here, but I think O'Hare might have had his head turned. Uh, Stu, what do you think? Um,
2: Obviously, people that listen to... Um... To my TikTok lives and uh, my uh, my in my opinion, with will know that I've you know I've mentioned it before, and I think with my head, um, he doesn't sign, but with my heart, I think he does. So it look it's it's a flip of the coin whether he does or he doesn't. Only he's gonna know uh, what he's actually gonna want to do. So uh, it's difficult. I was just re- gonna really have my hand up to reply to Scott. Now I. I get the loan scenario, and I don't particularly want loans either. But having loans to bulk up a squad isn't necessarily the worst thing. Um, I know that they go back at the end of the season, whether they've gone up or down, or whether we've stayed in the same league. But Nottingham Forest did it with maximum loans. And they got, you know, they went from rock bottom right up to the Premier League. So I'm not against loans. I get the understanding and I don't particularly like them. I would prefer them to be ours. But to bulk out a squad, you know, if they brought in four more loans to give us five loans, including Binks, I'm not necessarily against that as long as they bring in the right players for the right positions. Um, You know, so I I get your understanding on that, but I'm not totally against the loans coming in.
0: To play devil's advocate, Stuart, on that, is not that not where Murbray went wrong with us, with that League One side. You know, Jacob Murphy on loan, Ryan Kent on loan, Madders on loan, Armstrong, is that not where we went wrong
2: there? No, not really. We we went wrong because we we just didn't we just kind of we lost track a bit of of where we were where we were going, the results then didn't start going our way and Um, another thing, other factors, you know, we know what Mowbray does. He does it with everywhere he goes. He has a really good start and then they fade. You know, he did it with Sunderland, just took him a little bit longer to fade. I I don't agree with, you know, the sacking because I'm not keen on Michael Beale. But, um, you know, that's what Mowbray does. He's really good at getting that, getting them to a level. And then they just kind of either stay at that level or they, they plateau a little bit. Uh, And then they sack him and they get a new manager in anyway. And he does the same somewhere else. I think with Robbins, it's completely different. Um, You know, we had loans last season and we got to the playoff final. Um, We didn't get there, but we still got to the playoff final. And we, you know, we were were so close. So I'm not against uh, loans at all. I understand for not wanting them, but I'm not against having them. Yeah,
0: I think the other major difference is as well. You know, any loans that we we do, if any, this window won't go straight into our first eleven. I think our first eleven is settled. We're we're cooking now. We've got our our first team. So I think any loans would almost be, you know, bonuses. I guess. Um,
1: Mark, you got your hand up. Yeah, I think I think we do need a wide player. Um, in the transfer window. I think maybe on the right-hand side to back up Sakamoto. And you could say on the left-hand side, you've got Hadji Riot, you've got Casey Palmer can play there and you could possibly put De Silva in that sort of wide left position. So I think we've got reasonable options there. My slight concerns on the right-hand side, if, if Sakamoto gets injured, you know, I'm not quite sure who's bringing. That's, 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 that's a possible area I think we could maybe... I'd like to see improvement. On callum O'Hare, um, I think a lot is dependent on how, how we do this season as to what happens next with that one. If we don't get promoted, I would expect him to go, to be honest. I can't see him staying. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not massively um, confident about him staying. But obviously, he knows that uh, the fans are... He's loved by the supporters, but... Unfortunately, money talks and if he gets a good offer elsewhere with more wages and um, potentially playing the Premier League, if we don't go up, I think he'll, he'll be on his way. And can't really blame the player for that because obviously it's, it's a short career and that, as we all know. But sometimes the grass isn't always green on the other side because, you know, you look at Hamer, who's gone to Sheffield United and he, he hasn't really done it there. So, you know, it's it's an interesting one. But I, I suspect at the moment he's probably he could be going. But... If we get promoted this season, I think that that might make that might uh, might, might, might make a difference. So we will just have to wait and see.
3: Glen, um, I think with O'Hare, I, I'd be quite happy to let him make the decision in the summer. I think you can take the odd isolated hit where someone goes on a Bosman and goes on a three. Uh, I think what the us in the past is we've lost two or three players for next to nothing on the same. Season and like Stuart was saying about loans, I think loans are perfect as long as you plan for next season so you have a backup plan. And obviously, when like we took Walsh on loan and then we replaced him with Hamer, so we had a plan in place. Um, I mean, there's a couple of names that seem a bit far fetched to me, got doing the rounds, but obviously, you've got like Ryan Kent who would be ideal for us, he would walk into our team and would do a great job but he would cost a lot of money and there's various rumours going around that Premier League sides, the one that I would love if we could get him but I would be very surprised is Trevor Chalibur at Chelsea that Chelsea want to loan him out basically to put him in the shop window he would be, you're looking at players play Champions League football, if we could get him in Chelsea, he'd subsidise his wages he'd walk into our team and he'd be an absolute class signing who would make A huge difference. And I think that's what we want. We want players who are going to come in and have an impact. I don't think we want to be doing like a Wilson Esbrand job where it's his first loan. And as good as he was at his spells, he looked a bit out of depth. I think we want to get somebody who, like, is a Callum Doyle um, who's had a loan before and got a bit of experience under their belts. Or, like I said last week, go and get some, get get a couple of proven championship performers who are out contracting someone, get them just to tide us over to the summer. And we've got the know-how and the, and the experience in it. But, yeah, I, I'm not adverse to getting a loan in or two, but it's the right loan. And if we get them, do we think we've got a chance of getting them in the summer? If the chance is no, have a plan B in place to replace them. And, and that's it. But, yeah, we definitely need another winger. I think Tavares could get us by and Palmer could get us by for a couple of couple of weeks, three, four games. If you lost Sakamoto for the rest of the season, that's a massive hole that you're going to have to replace. And you're going to have to kind of rejig things again with the system.
0: Well, let's get some predictions then for Sheffield Wednesday on Friday in the FA Cup. I'm going to go first to Scott. What's your score prediction? And if applicable, uh, who are your scorers?
4: Uh, I'll go with a 2-0 win. Uh, I think we'll walk all over them. I-, I-, I can see Sheffield Wednesday just putting the kids out, to be honest, because they- they're they fighting for their lives. So uh, I'll go with, depends if he changes it up, though. That's a problem. Uh, i would go with Sims to score and possibly O'Air. Well, I'm going to go with a 1-0 scrappy win.
0: Um, I'm going to go Matty Godden. Uh, Ellis?
5: I think he'll play a completely different team.
0: What about your rare uh, prediction, Ellis?
5: Um. Yeah, I think he'll go for a completely different team. And then I think we'll go 0-0. And then we'll bring it back to CBS. And we'll go for a 2-0 win.
0: Nice,
2: Stu. I don't want to re. I don't want to replay. I want us to uh, get it over and done with, so we haven't got to play one for the fourth time. Um, I'm going to go for a two nil win though. Sims, Sims with the double, because he only scores in doubles.
1: True, true. Mark. No, I don't. I don't want to sit on the fence this one, so I'm going to go for a cheeky one 0 win and his Sims with um the eightieth minute winner for us. And finally Glenn.
3: Um I would probably say we'll probably nick it nick it two one and I think Palmer's fated to score and I wouldn't be surprised if Torp scored the winner to make himself a hero.
0: Great stuff! Uh, well, thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Um, really good turnout again. Just a reminder, we do the do these X spaces every Sunday from 9 p.m. So please come and join us next week. Um, you can also listen to us on uh, podcast formats: um, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Amazon. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So go follow us over there. We're happy to be partnered with the Antidote Sports by like CBS Arena as well as right steel fabrications. Have a great week, everyone, and play up Sky Blues.
2: Cheers, guys.
3: final